Thank you for showing up in the place where we come together and sit in circle and share the stories that inspire us. Get ready to enjoy this next powerful journey outdoors in nature. Hello, it's uh, been a while, months actually, a pandemic, changing of the seasons. Um, I'm going to honour that we, we haven't spoken for a while, I haven't, I haven't seen you, I haven't heard from you, but, but I'm back and, and I'm really excited. I love the idea sometimes of the cycle of something, there's the birth of it, then there's the life and then there's also the death and... I stayed open to that in this podcast and maybe I didn't want to do them anymore. Maybe maybe I was done with that creative venture. But the fun thing is that when summer came around that I still wanted to keep going. I wanted to keep talking to people about it, uh, about their adventures, especially after, the, you know, with this whole COVID pandemic with people being, you know, really encouraged to stay inside and not go out and about. And for me, it just really highlighted how much I get out of nature and how healing it is. And with that, I also love chatting to people. So, I'm back. I am Tegan, the host of this podcast, Powerful Journeys Outdoors in Nature. And I'm excited if this is your first time. And I'm also super excited if you've listened to a few of them before. Because I have a really exciting guest with me today. Her name is Emily Alexander. And I have been lucky enough to know her over the years. um, But over the last couple of months, really been able to spend a lot of quality time with her, which I'm very grateful for. So, without spoiling it all, I'm going to introduce her and then hand it over to her more so to hear her beautiful answers. So, thank you so much for joining me, Emily. (laughs) Thanks for having me. No worries. (laughs) Um, So, Em, I usually introduce people or ask them to introduce themselves. Could you tell me what age you currently are and what stage of life you feel like you're at? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So, I'm 32, nearly 33. And I feel like I am on the brink of going through adolescence Mm. and into adulthood. And I feel like um, the last year has been that real transition of learning about myself and learning about my sense of place in this world Mm. and how I want to walk through um, this period of my life and step into adulthood and into that deeper wisdom and deeper sense of um, knowing about what surrounds me in 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 the world in the seen and the unseen and the felt mm-hmm. and um yes yeah, so I feel like I'm on the brink I feel like I'm quite close to adulthood yeah. <laughs> right now oh I love yeah. that answer. could you tell me a little bit more about what you mean by what to you symbolically is adolescence and what is adult you spoke a little bit of adulthood of like knowing your purpose and being more present and contributing what is adolescence to you I think adolescence is that turbulent ride of figuring out who you are Mm. and um not so much what your purpose is but but um how you want to hold and carry yourself in Mm -hmm. this world and I think adolescence is really yeah truly digging deep and figuring out who you are Mm. yeah it's like we're always learners of life right but that kind of adolescent phase is literally like running falling over rolling around like it's just kind of everything just gathering all that information and I like to refer to it as like data points I'll go do this what's the result of that I'll go do this what feels good for me what doesn't feel good for me and I love though that you share that because, you know, at 33, we kind of in our society say that, you know, you have adolescence until what you're 18, mm. maybe you can get up to 21. Yeah. But after that, it's kind of like, you're an adult now, here's all your responsibilities. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> but to really own that and be like, that's not, that's no. not how it works. No. And I think also that's a challenge in itself being nearly 33 and seeing people like friends close to you that are, are really stepping into what looks like adulthood mm. in that societal way of being with the family in the house and mm-hmm. the dog, but really are probably adolescents in themselves mm. in, and then holding all of that extra responsibility. So I feel like for me to be, um, like obviously I want to have kids and do all of that, but to be the best version of that is to make sure I've stepped into this adulthood. Totally, and the, that's like how we break 
you know, these unconscious patternings, right? Like if I had had kids when I was 21 or 22, like Mm. my mum did, like I would have literally just repeated how she had treated me because I hadn't gotten my own reference points and understanding of the world and now I'm going to be a completely different parent. And just it's almost like I've noticed that our culture lacks rite of passages. Mm. And when I say our culture, I'm just referring to like a white, white white one yep. from a lack of better words <laughs> yeah. that is um we just seem to lack culture mm. and then along with that is the rite of passage and when we don't have that I feel like instinctively we still do it like even for ourselves like we create our own rite of passage mm. whether it be you know you go on a big long hike or whether it be over 10 years you just take yourself on a discovery kind of thing through relationships and challenges mm. but it's like it's still something innate within us that w- there is a like even um like rites of passage even when we are born like the rite of passage coming out of the womb and down the birth canal and and that point and it's just like climbing a mountain that point Mm. where you're like i can't do it it's not gonna happen but then you get on the other side of that and you're like oh shit i did that and it was amazing and you learn a little bit more about yourself so yeah i love that we're kind of really showing that that happens at every age and i'm sure we'll do it multiple times throughout our life Mm. especially when we turn you know from maiden to mother or from mother to crone and all of that kind of stuff so I think the biggest thing in that is um, like even going through that rite of passage Mm -hmm. but being able to complete that rite of passage Mm. and especially that in in terms of going through adolescence and then into adulthood with the relationships that surround you going through that passage but making sure those relationships like with family and friends are in a way that mirror that change in yourself as well because if they don't mirror that change then that's that I guess step through hasn't really been acknowledged or celebrated by the people mm. around you so I think that's a really important oh, part of it too so you're saying that like once that we've embodied it to have it almost mirrored by the people around us to kind of like you say to celebrate mm. that oh my gosh Tegan you did it you went from a girl to a woman and I celebrate that part in you and change that relationship so I'm not uh. going to te- treat you like you're my little daughter or my little girl yes. anymore if I'm your mom I'm going to treat you in a way that more an adult to adult relationship and that the love and care is still there but it's just shown in a different way Mm -hmm. and I think that's where the struggle and challenge like for me personally Mm -hmm. in adolescence is trying to um, make sure those relationships are changing Mm -hmm. in a healthy way as well oh that's such a powerful point I'm gonna have to sit on that for a little while yeah I love that Um, and I'm going to put in a new question in there that I haven't asked people in the past is where do you consider home at the moment I feel like home has been one of those things in the last few years. Like I have to have a home as in a physical sense of Mm -hmm. home, like a house or um, that sense of community. And I think community is a really important thing, but I've traveled a lot um, over the last seven years, like Mm -hmm. everywhere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I haven't really stayed in a place for a long time, but I think for me, home is finding home within myself Mm. and feeling really comfortable and grounded in who I am Mm -hmm. and then connecting with the land and the story of the place that I'm dwelling upon. So right now, home is around the northern rivers Mm -hmm. and really learning and connecting with the story of this country and this land and the ancestors that surround it, but also how that relates back to me in my own life and how I want to carry myself. Yeah. So like home... No, I don't have a physical structure of a home. I'm living in my van pretty much. Yeah. But I think it's more than that. And that's why I feel like there's a lot of lost feeling of lost and lack of belonging because yeah. home is seen as this physical thing when really it's intrinsically within ourselves. <laughs> I just love that you went there. I was like, holla. I totally agree. But it's definitely a, 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 a reframe of our perspective. Mm. Yeah, which is – so I imagine there's heaps of people that would relate to that and then yeah. also heaps of people who are still like, what the fuck are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, what do you mean? I need <laughs> yeah. a home with a, with a roof yeah. and a dog and a fence. Yeah, but I mean I – And that's mine. <laughs> yeah, that's mine. <laughs> Don't go. Um, and I think that, you know, I, it's already coming through you just how important it is for you you to connect in with the energies and the ancient cultures and the stuff of where you are and where and I imagine this is going to weave through your story today as well um 
just we were having this discussion the other day with like we're on Bunjalung land is you know and I kind of was just like I felt a contraction in my body being like this is Bunjalung land and I was like I don't I mean I get it but I don't get it and I was just like oh so it's more like the Bunjalung energy this is the, like this land doesn't belong to anyone or it doesn't belong to those people past but it's like the collective energy is is named Bunjalung so that was the energies of people who were here before who will be here in the future and that comes from the earth basically mm. yeah is there anything you've learnt from the Bunjalung energy so far in particular mm. I'm just springing this on you <laughs> um, I've just learnt that it's always here and it's not something that was past or future it's it's always here and around us Mm. and it's just that sense of connecting to it um you know bunjalung if you when you're acknowledging country or saying bunjalung land it's not like the bunjalung didn't own the land the land is part of them and Mm. vice versa whereas in this western context of land ownership it's like we, we own the land or we sell it, but rather than being part of it and knowing, like I feel like having time up here and particularly through COVID and maybe being a bit displaced from like an actual base, mm-hmm. like moving around a bit, it's connecting to the place and to the land and to Mother Earth and and feeling that sense of you're not alone. Like, mm. like the whether you want to call it the ancestors or the old people or more than what you see it's what you feel it's always around Mm -hmm. and um just really believing that through every part of my body Mm -hmm. in that felt sense and in that intuitive sense of that gut feeling like knowing Mm. when you should be in a place or not and questioning the story of a place Mm -hmm. and is this place um okay for me to enter or is this place somewhere where I should leave and mm. not not go and visit because of the story within that place isn't actually for for my eyes or for for me to enter? So, just connecting with this land in that way and really learning, having time to sit with the land and learn on that level mm. has been really interesting. And I think that's come a lot through Bunjalung and mm-hmm. and down Gumbangir and. Mm-hmm yeagle country mm. along this whole coast where i've been the last sort of six months floating between yeah. just that deep listening yeah yeah and just having that time to sit and be like you know we're constantly doing do 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 mm-hmm. but how can we just what sit you do today and, yeah what did you do <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah i don't know if that will answer the question but oh, i like kind of where i went <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, you've had an array of amazing adventures, I would imagine, but I would love to hear the powerful journey that you've had outdoors in nature that you would like to share with us today. I feel like I was going to go and tell you about Arnhem Land, but I feel like it's almost simpler than that. Like like that, that sense of, oh, to go out in nature, we have to go somewhere or we have to organize a trip Mm -hmm. and and it's this period of time and space that's put away and put aside to go out in nature Mm -hmm. where it's like we're always in nature and Mm -hmm. and that sense of connecting and just being within your own backyard Mm -hmm. and I think that's what's been really cool about COVID yeah is people have not been able to go and plan these extravagant adventures or Mm -hmm. um trips it's just the simplicity and and doing it in a daily yeah context it's like i'm gonna go connect and and be and sit and and feel the land where i'm living upon and Mm. to hear that story or feel it or learn it from someone else yeah and i think that's that yeah the last you know few months just visiting places around the local area and um yeah sitting with like with mick my partner and hearing the stories from him about the land and um yeah the old people that are there and um and then unpacking those ancient stories and how they can relate to your own life like Mm. ideas of relationships and ideas of um the ego and 
how you can carry yourself and all of these stories they don't belong to anyone they actually belong to this place they mm. belong to Bunjalung land or they belong to Gumbengi land yeah and that's the book like you don't need this physical book you can just go and sit with the land and read it and feel mm. it and learn those stories to then learn those lessons to then live in alignment with that yeah and um that's been really like for in terms of the last few months I think that's changed my way of seeing adventure or Mm. connecting to nature because I've always like you know gone overseas and hiked up massive mountains in Bolivia or you know paddled down rivers or gone snowboarding or massive surf trips yeah constantly away 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 yeah and then come back home and still feel that sense of detachment, like I need to go mm. again. But now if, if, if you can really connect to the story and the, the surroundings where you are, it's almost not even that sense in me that I have to go anywhere else anymore, mm. <laughs> which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I noticed the other day I went on a, um, a hike through Bellingen around mm. that you had done too, and it's like maybe like a 5K loop. Mm. And... I had gone in with, you know, with my hat on, my outdoorsy stuff on, my shoes on, my backpack, and I'd kind of gone in, and and by the time I'd basically come out, I was wearing nothing but, like, a sarong, yeah. <laughs> like, and, you know, I had no hat on, because I, like, peeled these things off me one by one, it was like, I took my hat off, because, I mean, there was some beautiful, beautiful coverage anyway, but, like, because it, it shut down my peripheral mm. vision, and I didn't feel connected to my sight, and then I took off my shoes because I went swimming in one of the water holes and then I didn't put them back on because it was like I wanted to feel connected to the land, actually be there present with what was happening. Mm. And I have then noticed that, I mean, I've definitely been the person who's looked at people wearing no shoes and been like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, but I'm one of those people now. But like, I understand quality over quantity. Whereas, you know, before I went on like a four day solo hike through Washington, Washpool National Park but I went you know with my big backpack on Mm. and my gear and I just went through for four days all immersed it was lovely but when I went on this 5k walk it was like a couple of hours but I was so connected Mm. and so filled up from that connection like I it was like oh there it is and like you were saying like even coming back from going on those massive trips and kind of being like I didn't scratch the itch Mm. almost and then so it's like what is that itch and it's connection to place right like wherever you are yeah and allowing yourself that time and Mm. space to do that yeah and yeah like you said removing those barriers between you and 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 the earth yeah so like the shoes or the backpack or even the logistics around a trip like oh what am I going to eat what what do I need what do I need to pack and it's all of these things that just fill the space and fill you're very much in your head Mm. and then how can you get out of that head space and into your body and really Mm -hmm. drop into those places and I think it's simplifying it and doing it on a day-to-day basis Mm. because then it becomes part of yeah your instinct again yeah it's almost like I presume everyone on this would have heard of my octopus teeth my teacher the octopus on Netflix yeah Yeah, it's the same thing right Mm. like I mean from my interpretation he basically got real depressed and stressed yeah um and then he decided to go and connect with a piece of of land or in water every day just go and do do that every day no matter what the conditions were and you could almost start to then see him become alive because he was you know, I love even this term of like, oh, it's like nonsense. Mm. It's because there are no senses involved. Like a lot of the stuff we do is nonsense mm. because I'm not, I'm not hearing what is around me. I'm not actually seeing what's in front of me. I'm not feeling it. Mm. And when he took that space every day to connect back in with his senses and that that area, I mean, not only did he create a, an amazing documentary, but it seemed like it changed his life forever. Yeah. Well, he had a had a relationship with it, mm. and he had a relationship with something beyond the human world yeah and I relate like that relationship with that octopus was like it was beautiful like it was a a family relationship and I think that's something that I've learned from spending time in in Arnhem Land and with Aboriginal people around this way is like the land is it's part of us it's our family and if we can look at the land in that way yeah as our grandmother our mother Mm a child then then that relationship is that 
deep sense of love and appreciation and gratitude and care Mm. and um then you know why would you dig into it or why would you take from it and why would you hurt it if Mm. you felt that way and I feel like the only way to for like this western sense of because there is that greater sense of disconnection within western culture is to really allow time and space to to be there and connect and also hear the stories as well Mm. and 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 that's listening to the traditional owners of the land who Mm. have this deep sense of connection and and not not in the sense of mirroring exactly what they do because we're you know we're in a different time and space now Mm -hmm. but but what can we learn from story and what can we learn from this place and then how can we live in alignment with it rather than bringing all of these this knowledge from elsewhere Mm. like that's all important too but um I think this the story of the place first is the foundation Mm. and how to interact with the places we visit yeah I would love and this is going to be me challenging you a little bit because I love that how you are such a reminder of how potent story is and how that weaves through and we just you know we get to learn by I mean it's an ancient thing like Mm. you know things are handed down through these stories and I'm also hearing that you've now allowed yourself to connect with nature in a deeper way and more entwined that into a everyday kind of ritual or habit Um, I would love to know if there's a story you can share with us about a way that you have done that or what that actually looks like for you mm. like because it's almost like I, w- I would love to learn from you how it is that you've managed to make this shift from like a personal recount mm. can, can you reframe that question just yeah sorry so it's almost me asking, how do you do that? How? What does that What does that look like for you? Yeah. And tell me, not even like what it looks like, but what does it feel like? If I was to be in your body in that morning connection or ritual or whatever it is you do, what is that like? Yeah, I think for me... I think it's, it's come. It's not something that's just come. Like, mm-hmm. it's... I think it's come from listening deeply to people are, that are connected to the land. So, like, spending time in Arnhem Land and spending yep. time down here and, and listening and actually asking and questioning what is the story of this place. Mm-hmm. And then, and then uh, once I've sort of heard and understand that, is like, okay, so that's the story... Um, then how in myself can I go and understand this? Mm-hmm. And if I'm thinking like around um, here, it's just really getting the fuck out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> how do you do you that? You know, like, um, and how do I do that? It's It's almost like that sense of, it's like when you're walking through the land you're almost in that half awake, half asleep sort of meditative state where your vision, you're not so focused on destination, like A to B. You're more looking um, in that wide angle vision of that full peripheral vision of what you can see and what you can feel and knowing that that's not only what you're seeing, there's more than that. Mm. And that sense of feeling is like, getting down into my gut and feeling what's around me mm-hmm. and that sense of instinct and I think a really good example of that is um up in the Arnhem Land Plateau on a walk that I do up up there it's up around Kakadu National Park where you there's no track to get up to this particular part of the land mm-hmm. it's you're following the creek mm-hmm. and you're following the flow of country and you know the flow of country wants to weave you through some pretty crazy gorges and but it's just that trusting that the land's going to lead you to where you want to go so that sense of like a to b maybe you don't really know where b is you're just going (laughs) to trust what the land's telling you and showing you where 
Where are you going to go? How did you develop that trust? Well, I think it's just that sense of relationship of going to this place several times. Yeah. Like, keep going back, keep going back. That you you know it and you there's that almost that relationship with, even though I can't see um, old people or ancestors around, I know that maybe they're there mm. or they are. <laughs> um, and there's that sense of, like, big, um, it's bigger than me. Something's going to mm. look after me in this place. Which is such um, a reframe because it's like most of the time we're like, the nature is out to get you. Mm. You know, whether it's be the bugs that will bite you, you're going to step on a sharp rock or the sun's going to get you. Like, there's always something. But that's that. It versus us. Where now you're just like, I've, I've trust and surrendered that I will always be cared for and I will always be shown the way. Yeah, and if, I, and if I care for it in return and respect it in the way that, like up in that plateau and that walk, that I get this sick gut feeling walking into this particular caved area. Yeah. Like this feeling like I'm going to be sick. Yeah. Then I turn around and I get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Because that's me respecting the place. So it's this two-way reciprocal relationship. Yeah. And in doing that, if I had have kept going in there, maybe something would have happened to me. Mm. Maybe I would have stepped on a snake. Maybe I would have, you know, fallen over. Do you ever get FOMO then? You know, this like, it's like, oh, but I wanted to go see inside that space or... Not really because I feel like um, in our Western culture, it's like we always want and we want to take and we want to, we want it instantly and we mm. want to see and we want to do and we want all the knowledge. I deserve I deserve this everything. because I'm entitled to going into that particular site. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not because I'm, I'm a visitor to that place mm. and I need to respect, respect it in a way that it should be treated and, and honor that. And, and, you know, if you do that, then maybe something bad will happen. Mm. And that's likely. So, like, really tuning into your gut when you're in places and going, oh, does this feel good? Does mm. this feel like I should be here? Is there that sense of heaviness, that sense of, like, not that you can really put your finger on it and maybe yeah. it'll come later on. Like, maybe you go and visit a particular site or a particular campsite that you've gone to for years but you've always had a bit of an icky feeling there but you yeah. can't put your finger on what it was. Yeah. Then it's bigger than you. And yeah, and even that like that snake reference of it's like, you know, there's no good or bad, mm. but if you'd walked in there, then like that snake is doing its own thing as well. It's like how do we all exist mm. and move around each other, you know? It's not to say, oh, it's like it's like it's trying to keep harmony. Mm. It's almost like Mother Earth is trying to harmonise everything. So it's like actually the snake is just doing what it needs to do to stay alive in there. Maybe it hadn't had water in a while or hadn't done yeah. something and almost knowing that it would freak out if you came in. So it's almost like sent you this weird juju for you to be like, hang on, it's just not the right time for you to be here. No, and to keep the balance. And there's an invitation to go somewhere else. Yeah. And it's funny when you just said that, like keeping that sense of harmony that really reminds me of um, some of the wisdom that I've learnt up in northeast Arnhem Land mm-hmm. by one of the um, senior uh, Yongi leaders up there, Japati. She talks about this concept, Dalachmana Panmiri, which is when the salt water and the fresh water, mm-hmm. when those two waters meet, they can get really turbulent and messed up. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like I'm just seeing it in the way that how Western people and their relationship with Mother Earth and with nature it's messed up. We don't really know how to interact. There's no sense of balance. Mm-hmm. But Dalachmana Panmiri is when these two waters meet and they make that brackish water, that salty fresh. Mm. And it finds that balance, that deep sense of balance, which runs deep, mm-hmm. like all the way to the core. And um, that is, it's almost like that inner deep listening like to allow yourself time and space to be in these places to connect beyond your head and beyond yourself, mm-hmm. then that's where balance can be found, like that Dalachmana Panmiri where the, where the two waters meet and you find balance. And mm. it's like I think for particularly non-Indigenous people, learning from that wisdom, that ancient wisdom of this land, is how do we come into balance with these places and listen Mm -hmm. beyond the head beyond the ears but listen from the heart listen from the body listen from the gut to connect with where we're sitting Mm. or where we're dwelling or where we're walking 
and always thinking that there's more than us here. Mm-hmm. But that's a hard concept for Western people to embody. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's, I don't, the how is <laughs> really difficult, but I, I think it's allowing that time to sit and be and yeah, I know. It's, think beyond yourself. <laughs> it, it, like it is hard because our culture doesn't really, you know, what well, there might be like ghosts and then some people mm. might believe in God and mm. that kind of stuff. But to me, almost it's the answer for the yearning that so many of us have and we try to fill it with stuff, whether we codependent relationships, whether it be another bottle of Coke, whether it be whatever it is. It's like this, I, I crave this deeper connection. And to me, the more I've listened to the things around me and become really intimate with everything around me it's like oh I see now like Mm. everything's so connected and it all weaves together and there is that love and support there it's not I'm not alone no and but to open my mind up to that and I think that one of the reasons why it's so important to go back to you know the aboriginal and indigenous cultures is it's like if you didn't know how to do a maths equation you would go to a maths teacher right yeah we don't know how to listen and they still do like that's something that they've handed down from yeah. their cultures kind of thing and it's it's not to say that that's you know that's what we have to do or anything it's more just if you want to cultivate this skill that's an amazing place to mm. go to because that's that's so normal for them and it's not currently normal for us so that's no. and that's why we get to honor their wisdom that's you know and the way that they live their life yeah totally and 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 quieting that noise that that is so embodied by people there's always like this noise yap 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 but then just sit and listen to these people Mm. (laughs) and where are the platforms to do that and Mm. how can we create more spaces for that to just sit and just listen and be in that presence and sometimes it might not even be talking Mm -hmm. it might just be watching and observing because that's such a powerful way to learn as well and Mm. yeah and almost like I feel like our culture has identified how uh, how important yoga was, mm. you know, to kind of do these movements and do these asanas or whatever. And then there was the wave of like mindfulness. And now we're all kind of learning to like slow down a little bit and to take note of what's around us. And then it's the new kind of thing is breath work. So mm. we're connecting in with the breath. And to me, the next kind of thing is just, just like stop, <laughs> just stop and be. And that's also, I question that because it's like yoga, breath work. Oh, totally. It's like label, 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 this thing, this thing, this thing, all these separate paradigms. And it's like, it's fucking dumb. (laughs) Like, seriously. She's called it here, guys. No, it's just dumb. It's like, you sit and be and connect, and that might look of a version of breath work mixed with yoga, mixed with whatever Mm. the hell you do. It is what it is for you. Like, why do we have these labels around these things? Because then it adds further separation. Like mm. when I hear yoga, I go, oh, fuck, I can't do yoga because I my flexibility yeah. <laughs> or whatever, you know, like whereas it's it's not about necessarily the label that it has on it. It's about what it makes you feel like. Mm. And, if, and I, I just wonder the barriers with these labels, with people being able to truly connect because there's a certain way of what it looks like. Mm. And I think it it looks and feels different for everybody. I don't think it's a, it's a formula or it's a... Mm. Yeah, it's just an interest... I don't know. I find that really interesting. It's such like our masculine way of doing yeah. it, though. It's like take concept, put concept in box and then go do it. And, you know, this, even this, with this. the yoga, I hear from people who've been practicing yoga for decades and sometimes they won't do it now because there's such a... You know, it's either the Bikram, like really yeah. hard, hold the poses and stuff. And it's like... And yin's kind of gone out the window where it's like just connect in with your body and <laughs> yeah. make shapes like it's all, just breathe but breathe, breathe really deeply and then breathe shallowly and breathe at different speeds but i guess this is this must be what it takes for us to swing our pendulum to swing back to connecting and giving ourselves permission to actually refer to ourselves mm. you know it's like how does my body want to move today mm. and and I, we've been trained, I guess, through, and we've talked about this a lot, like through our schooling thing. It's like, I'm not trained to be inquisitive and find my own answers. I'm trained to find a problem and then consult somebody for the answer. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm trained to do. And I think it's like taking that and trying to put that formula down is very challenging. And then empowering people to be like, you actually have all the answers and you can do it. People are like, what? <laughs> You're crazy. You've got that in you. I mean, it's in our instincts. Yes. Yeah. Just- 
that far disconnected. Like, yeah. the thread is so tiny. Like, it's like, how can we get this thread? Yeah. And reattach it and, and, and come back to that way of being, which it's ingrained in all of us. Mm. But, but it might not look the same as it does for you, as it does for me, as it does yeah. for someone else. Totally. Yeah. I guess we're such advocates for this kind of way of being, at least at the moment, because it feels so fucking good. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's, it's just like I have the, I love Oprah's like aha moments, you know, where I'll be at someone like, oh, oh yeah, uh huh, get uh-huh. that. I get why I should take my shoes off. I know people call it grounding and you should have the connection to the earth and stuff, but it's like, it just brings me so in the moment because I kick a rock mm. and I'm like, ah, it's like, <laughs> You know, something in, is being like, Tegan, be present. Mm. What is here? What is that rock doing? How yeah. is everything else moving around it? And, you know, like there's so many spiritual teachers who basically just like, all there is is now. Mm. But like to actually un- embody that concept. And it almost to me, your story today is like one of the most powerful journeys you've had is literally from your mind into your body. Mm. And but everything that entails. Yeah, but also linking that. And, and and taking the opportunities to listen deeply to the, the people that are so connected mm. to How this, do you the wisdom them? of this land. Because I feel very disconnected. Like, I don't even know where to ask or what to do. Well, that's or... the, like, I, I, I had a um, had an incident last week where, you know, down at um, a particular area down the, down the coast, like Crescent Head, um, such a beautiful place where the Dungati people were forcibly removed from there and like placed into Kempsey and Kempsey's got some serious like complex issues going on down there and yeah. quite a racialized town if you go back through the history um, and this land is so powerful and the story is still there yet there's no opportunity really for like there is but not really because there's so many fences and fees surrounding that area for Dungadi to come and connect with the story and the wisdom mm. and learn from that land because as I said earlier the, the story is the land so if these people don't have the opportunity to connect to these places then how does this story stay alive mm. and I feel like the more I learn the more I'm like these caravan parks, these national parks and all of these places, we're blocking access. Mm. This land ownership, we're blocking access to the people of the land to come back and to connect with the story and to continue that. Mm. So I feel like, yeah, it's really hard to connect when the, to connect with these people when these people don't even have the opportunity to connect with the land, to connect with these stories, to then share that. Mm. So it's a yeah until land is more accessible it's it's a it's a hard yeah it's a hard space to I love that though it almost like provides me a little bit of like um a better understanding of the reframe of like not just giving land back to the traditional own like you know giving it back because it belonged to them but it's more like we need to give access to land so people can connect with the song lines that are actually here to yes. serve us. Like, and everyone's included in that. Like, mm. And that, to me, I'm like, oh, I get that. Because yeah. I even remember in summer doing the BNT, like it was just you go through so much farmland and sometimes you know there'd be a fence there and you couldn't go any further. And it's just like, how am I not allowed to tra- tra- traverse the yeah. land? Like, It's just like, nope. I'm like, you're not even here. There's nothing even here. Mm. Yet I'm not allowed to walk on this space and it's just like I don't understand yeah it's like everything's blocked off Mm. and there's this 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 fear of enabling access and Mm. this fear of treaty and this and really like it's about allowing those opportunities if you owned this massive block of land and you just had your house on it why not open the gate up to people to come back and reconnect? Like, what? what is the ruin worst it. that's going to happen? They'll ruin it. <laughs> I'm just trying to think, like, isn't that what our fear is? But that the fear is, like, losing. It's, it's, oh, I don't have this thing because this thing gives me belonging to this place. Mm. When really the land that you're owning, that 100-acre block that you own, that's not giving you belonging to the place <laughs> Yeah. Why all. do you still feel like that's shit? That's a thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, your belonging and connection will come if you connect to the story and the wisdom of what that land ha- has, and that's not you owning it, and that's not you mm. keeping that for yourself. 
which to me all like it goes back to you saying that like well what if with this idea of home mm. well home is within me mm. and I get to connect with home almost being everywhere so if I could let go of my attachment that's providing me with this false sense of safety that this house on this hundred acre block yep. is my home and there's you know and therefore I'm safe and give that back and give that back knowing that I am or oh, it takes a big leap of like trust and faith and yeah but I mean I feel like we're going in that direction yeah you know well I mean I feel like I personally am and all I have control (laughs) over is me so yeah yeah but it's a big conversation oh totally yeah and I mean it's but it's something that's been like really sparked in the last little while Mm. like and it's just keeping that conversation going, yeah. I think, as well, which is even what I love about this podcast, like even this idea, actually, and I'll ask you this now, mm. like, do you believe that we are nature? Yes. And can you tell me why, why, how? Well, we we are in the way that, like, we're insignificant. Mm. Like, if you, like, we might feel like the most important thing in the whole world, but if you look down on us, we are so insignificant, Mm. Um, you know what makes me any different to you know this bangalow palm tree right here or the ocean which is so much bigger and more powerful than me Mm. Um, and I'm made up of water I'm made up of (laughs) energy I'm like it's hard to explain it's just a knowing that we are nature and we forget Mm. that we are and we treat nature like shit. Well, some people do. We also treat ourselves like shit. And we shit. treat ourselves like shit. So it's like this sense of coming back to home in ourselves. Then we'll find home and that we're not the most important thing mm. in the world if because we're all a part of each other. And it's that sense of interconnection. Mm. I almost want to like plant the... the the thought or plan the plant the idea of the concept of like what is your relationship to nature what is your relationship to yourself because that is the highlight (laughs) of how it is to yourself so even when I look at that of like even I got some metaphors about what you were talking about before of like you know it's like how do I treat those trees and the ground that I work on was like well I wear shoes to protect myself so I'm not fully connected and it's like okay well what and what I trample the, on it yeah what are the deep parts of myself that I keep trampling past and I keep ignoring yeah or what are the parts that I really spend a lot of time and focus on like yeah just kind of looking at that and really looking at your relationship to nature as a mirror to your relationship to yourself so which 100%. bits do you love which bits do you disregard which bits are you scared shitless of yeah um yeah, and that's a hundred percent. Like if if you can bridge that relationship with yourself, then mm-hmm. you'll bridge that connection with the land. And, and I've definitely found the more I've gotten to know myself and connect in with myself, I crave more nature time. Yeah. Well, not even like nature; it's a separate to me. It's just I feel safe, so mm. safe when I'm in it, and I'm just like I'm always like. We're sitting in my back deck at the moment and I've literally put my tent up in the backyard <laughs> because it was like, I need to go lay on the land. Yeah. Like I just didn't to do that wherever possible. I don't need to go on a camping trip. It's no. like, where can I do this now? Yeah. And it's so funny. Like last night driving past the, the, the um, caravan park in South Ballina. Yeah. And it's this gated in piece of land and everyone's next to each other mm-hmm. and everyone is just, it's like so scared to be on their own with the mm. land but they're probably so scared to be on their own with themselves. Mm. Oh, mic drop. <laughs> no, but really. <laughs> yeah. And and that's because when you're alone, like I've sat in the bush for, you know, nights on end by myself. And that's mm. when the deepest learnings come from mm-hmm. within yourself because not that I'm alone because I'm surrounded by nature and I know there's more than me there, but I am sitting in silence with what's going on within and it's like this constant churning and going through what's within me and then and then you hit this silence mm. and that might come I don't even know what time it is at that point mm. but that silence comes mm-hmm. and that's because you've you know allowed yourself that time to sit churn through your own shit mm-hmm. get through it and then Connect. which in itself is a rite of passage yeah right it's like you have that challenge it becomes really uncomfortable you want to just stop and give up and then it's like boom and then it comes on the other side you're like oh i get it 
yeah. which is I imagine what like Vipassana does and like you know it's like we've already tried to set up these things to mm. facilitate this but at the end of the day it's so you know, it's accessible to everyone it is just go and sit in find a nice place in your backyard yeah find a nice spot down the beach and sit there you you know sit with your eyes open and look around and get to know what what plants are around you what bird life is there mm. and if you keep going back and visiting that place day mm-hmm. in day out you'll become more of a part of that place go at night go in the day mm. go in the rain go in the sun just imagine if it was like your new lover yeah you know when you're infatuated with yeah, a new lover a and you're date. like let's just go i don't yeah, care what we do yeah, we could, like, just sit in the park for hours on end and I'm, I'll come shopping with you. Like, I'll do whatever you're doing just to get to be with you yeah, some more. Yeah, that's so it. Yeah. I'll stay over the night. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have a sleepover. If I'm invited. I have yeah. to ask first. Yeah. Am I okay to stay here? Yes. Yes. That's another thing, like, asking and stating your intention Ooh. when you're there. And, like, I often, in inside, you know say hello and introduce myself mm-hmm. what's my intention sometimes I sing yes yeah, do it like I sing like hello and <laughs> just kind of like make myself known but I do like that asking and knowing that if it's also a no it's not a reflection on me it's just there's something bigger places, happening yeah. that you know and that the safest thing to do is for me to listen in that moment and then go and there'll be an invitation somewhere else for me to Definitely. go to so it's not just like I'm then left yeah and if you ignore that, then, yeah, it's, you're not really respecting yeah. the the way of the land or the people. Mm. Some weird juju thing's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. I think we've all got stories of that stuff happening Absolutely. out in the bush, eh? Absolutely. Yeah. <sighs> I feel like we could just go and make it like this, like a philosophical whole <laughs> conversation. Um, we'll save that for another podcast. I don't even know what I've really said. <laughs> Come out. We get to listen to it. Yeah. Um, so I would love to know if people if people want to know more about, you know, even the way that you walk through the world or any offerings that you may have, where would they find you? What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> what does Emily do? Oh, God. Even that question makes me feel uncomfortable because it's like I hate putting... How would you prefer the reframe? I don't it? know. I just don't like putting myself, like, out there. Okay. Well, but a good challenge. in the way that... Um, yeah, my name's Emily, and you, I, yeah, I'm running a trip in Arnhem Land next year in April. Who mm-hmm. um, I've got this really beautiful relationship with Mandy Muir. She's a Marumba senior knowledge holder, mm-hmm. and this is the land that I've been connecting with for years. That I was saying, following the creek and yep. following the flow of country up to the plateau where the rock art is like next level (laughs) Um, and the stories within that place but Mandy um, and I have collaborated to do this walk together and we really want to share this experience with people that are keen to come Mm -hmm. so that's we're yeah doing that together in April what is the intention for that experience I think the intention is for like Mandy herself um she runs a cultural tourism business mm-hmm. and for her, a lo- well, I'm not speaking for her, but from what our conversations and what we've discussed, it's like people are really after this quick fix of Aboriginal culture and yeah. come and learn and it's in this kind of like tokenistic quick way Take of like fast food, like here's your weaving activity and see you later. Yeah. Whereas this is an opportunity to walk with Mandy and walk with country and walk with the stories of that place for seven days mm. and not really, you know, have a particular outcome. It's just that opportunity to sit, be and connect. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be different for everybody um, that goes, but just allowing and honoring the wisdom of, of Mandy and her family and of that land and, and, and allowing that time to really connect with it beyond a day or a couple of hours and Mm -hmm. committing seven days to really drop into that experience yeah and I can't really say what it'll be because it just is what it is for everyone yeah you know because if you label it then that's probably not true because I don't know what your truth is Mm. whoever else might come but it's just 
providing I think a really um, beautiful opportunity where it's come between Mandy and myself and it's it's an idea that we both want to do and mm. and that way that she's gonna Mandy's gonna bring some of the younger um, people from her community to come up and, and learn alongside her mm. and providing um, greater opportunity for employment on country through culture mm. um, for Mandy and her family so, so good. but also to learn as well yeah. like from each other yeah in the way that she hasn't run walks before yeah um overnight and stuff like that so you know I can share the, those skills with her in the sense that you know I've done outdoor ed for years and mm-hmm. this is how you look after a group yeah in the what in the western way like risk management yeah <laughs> but trying to find that middle ground or that balance between yeah. the two two ways of being on country oh which I love the idea of you guys collaborating yeah, yeah. I think you both have so much gold and that just supports each other as well yeah so how do people find more information oh um so that's <clears throat> What is it? Nature undersc- underscore thread. Yep. Nature thread on Instagram or, um, yeah, you can email me at nature.thread1 okay. at gmail.com. Great. Um, that would probably be the easiest way. Yep. Well, you can always reach out to me too and then I can get more information to you as well. Yeah. Um, or on the Join podcast. I mean, the Join Instagram page, which is Journey Outdoors in Nature or even on the website. Anyways, I'm just thinking out loud. Yeah. So, <laughs> not appropriate for a podcast. <laughs> Anyways, but you can always just reach out because um, it's going to be an incredible trip. So um, thank you so much, Em, for sitting with me and having these conversations and yarning. <laughs> thank um, you. Yeah, it's definitely inspired me to keep going in my connections with nature because I am nature and and it's fun and to learn more things about myself and the places yeah. around me. And yeah, you're right, that COVID is really invited us to really connect with the land that we're on and the energies in the sky and the birds and the leaves and (laughs) everything so thank you no thank you and I think it's it's cool to even just through this discussion to realize like even the connection to nature and country is I'm in adolescence yeah and that maybe I won't move beyond that Hmm. in my lifetime but hopefully my my kids or Mm. my kids kids and it's just instilling that wisdom to be elders again of this land and for this land yeah um and that that's okay if it if it doesn't fall with me Mm. but if it falls with my kids or their kids Mm. because it's just coming back to that way of being I I believe is how we're gonna (laughs) look after where we are (laughs) yeah and look after mother and yeah Yeah. Mm. I love that I love your perspective on things so thank you so much thank you Okay, that was our first episode back. That was a little bit longer, um, which I kind of love. I do plan on doing more of these, so stay tuned. But if you have missed some of the other ones, go back and watch some of the other episodes. There's some real fun adventures on there to inspire you. So until next time, have fun. Go outside. Take your shoes off. (laughs) Bye, guys.